Hey, Lifehouse, and I've got some amazing announcements for us before I get into the preach. And that is that we are going to be able to start meeting again outdoors, you know, in person on August 16th. It's going to be here at the Lifehouse Center. We've got a limit of 100 people, but we'll be on the lawn. So bring your lawn chairs, bring your own chairs with you. Uh, if, if for whatever reason you don't have a chair, we can get you one from the Lifehouse Center, but it just is easiest if everyone just brings their own chairs and we'll social distance on the lawn and we're going to be able to worship together. We'll have a sermon together in person, outdoors. We will still have these online meetings as well, where there will be the video meetings. And for those that are not able to, to make it in the 100-person limit or for others that are just not comfortable yet getting together, so don't worry. But what will change is that we're not going to have Zoom connect rooms anymore after the service. You know, with the online or the in-person meetings, it's just going to be too difficult for us to coordinate all of it. So actually, as of today, Zoom rooms are discontinued, but we just really want to encourage you, come and be in person. We've also got the, the uh, a picnic next week. So there's two opportunities next weekend, the picnic and the, the on, online service. You've got to register for both though, because there's a hundred person limit for each of them. Well, Today, I want to remind us of a word that God gave us as a community. It's been a season of a lot of transitions and a lot of us having to trust in God, and this is another transition that we're going through. But God spoke to us back in November. The, the eldership team got together, and we just were waiting on God and asking him to speak to us about this year and what this season's going to look like and, and just give us direction for 2020. And the key scripture that he gave us was 2 Peter 1, verses 1 to 11. And it's this amazing scripture that talks about how God is going to give us everything that we need, that, that we can completely trust in him, that we, everything we have, we have in him. And that because of that, we need to allow him to be refining our characters and just to be living in much more godly ways. It's a beautiful scripture. I'm not going to read all of it from 1 through to verse 11. I'm just going to focus on verses 1 through verse 4 today. But the promises in these verses is just so important for us as a community, especially as we're going through another transition and as we're also as a community trusting in God's leadership for what happens next. Because we can meet outside for about the next six weeks or so, but once the weather changes, we won't be able to meet outside. And if it rains, we won't be able to meet outside. But we're going to A, trust for great weather on Sundays and, and B, we're trusting for God to lead us into where he wants us to be once the weather changes. Again, he knows the beginning from the end. He knows how he's leading us as a community. So whether we're back in the schools or whether he leads us into some other place if the schools aren't open to us, we completely trust him for our next steps as a community. You know, and we, what I want you to do is to partner with us in prayer over these coming weeks that God would lead us and that we would just clearly follow him in, in the next steps. So let's get to the scripture. 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 1. It starts off and just tells us who the letter's from. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. And then it says who the letter's to. It says, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. And it makes this beautiful declaration, just reminds us of the truth that it's through Christ's righteousness that we, our faith is in. Our faith is in the righteousness of Christ. It's through the righteousness of Christ, his righteous death at the, on a cross, his sinless life, sinless death, his sacrifice on our behalf that he paid for all sin of mankind so that we would be reunited with God. That's the reality. Our faith comes through what Jesus has done for us, for us his righteousness. I love it where when Paul writes in Corinthians, 
Corinthians, and he just says that, you know, the reality is that none of us can boast. We can't boast in our own righteousness because it's, we ha it's not our works or our ability that we are, uh, are able to have this faith in Jesus or that we've earned our way to God. We are completely incapable of that. It's only through the righteousness of God himself and his sacrifice on our behalf that we are able to walk in relationship with Jesus, with God once again, and have our sins forgiven. It's through what Jesus has done for us. Just as, again, just laying a foundation, this is, you know, for each and every one of us, it's a wonderful reminder because as we've messed up, if we found ourselves in a place where we're like, man, we just see, you know, how, how sinful we've been or the mistakes that we've made, that we're able to just come back and go, God, thank you that it is not based on my righteousness, it's based on your righteousness. Thank you that you're transforming my life, transforming my character, but it's not based on my good works, my relationship with you. Oh, it's so freeing, that. It's so freeing. And because it's so freeing, the letter then continues with this next statement in verse 3. It says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Now, grace, you know, grace is God's mercy, his kindness. You know, it's, it's this state of grace that we live in, this, where we, the things we've received that we have not deserved. It's this beautiful, beautiful word. It's, it's charis in Greek, and, and it's worth, go and look that up. Be a good Berean. Go look up what the word charis means, this Greek word for grace, because it just it gives a beautiful picture of what it is that we walk in because of what Jesus did on our behalf, because of his death and resurrection, because he conquered sin and death at the cross. We will live in this place of grace with God, and we need to live in that place of grace in every day of our lives. You know, recognizing what Jesus has done for us, recognizing what we've received, and as a result, living in a state of grace always. You know, we're not just receiving, it's like, oh, yeah, I've received that forgiveness, but we've received God's mercy, and as a result, we're merciful. Because we've received forgiveness, we forgive. We recognize that what we've received, and then we live from that in everything that we do. And then this next word, peace, is again, just a beautiful thing that's being wished on people, grace and peace. And peace isn't just peace between people. It's not like a lack of conflict, though that is part of it. But it's, it's being in a place of harmony and tranquility. It's a place where we're truly able to prosper because things are at a state of peace. You know, nations that are at war, nothing prospers when people are fighting with one another. Families that are at war, nothing prospers when they're fighting with one another. And so it's when things are at a place of peace and trans tranquility in this, this, amazing, this, this amazing place, then things can truly flourish and grow. And it's for our lives, it's for our cities, it's for our country. May we be in that place of peace. May our churches be in a place of peace. All our relationships in a place of peace. And this is what Peter's saying. It's interesting thing. This was a common greeting at this time. You know, many of the letters of the New Testament start off with grace and peace being wished on people. And Christians of those day would, would use these words. They would, they would you know, give this blessing on people, grace and peace. It's, it's just a wonderful thing that they are, are wishing on people and declaring. It's not just wishing, it's declaring over people. They're saying, hey, look, I declare God's grace and his peace over your life, that you would live in a state of grace and peace. And then it tells us that we get this grace and peace in abundance through our knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And this is so important because, again, this word knowledge isn't about like Greek head knowledge. It's not about us knowing something like, oh, I can quote this or I can quote this line from a book or I have this piece of information. But it's actually an a intimate knowledge. 
If you, again, go and look at what the Greek word means, it's, it's this amazing definition, but it denotes intimacy. It's, it's having a, an intimate relationship. Like, I am intimate with God. I'm intimate with Jesus, our Lord. It's not that I know about him, but I understand his character, his ways, that there's this, this intimate relationship, a deep knowledge of God and of Jesus, so that we understand that our, our minds have been transformed because we know God's ways. And because our minds know who God is, so we know God, we know his character, we know his ways, we know Jesus, we know his character, we know his ways, we know the Father, his character, his ways, the Holy Spirit, his character, his ways. We understand that God is three in one and that they're not different. The Father's not different from the Son. The Son's not different from the Holy Spirit in terms of their ways. When we know God with this level of intimacy, then grace and peace will abound in our lives. And so I want to pause here because I know for myself there's been times where during, during these last season and, and throughout my entire life, but especially in this last season, where you maybe lose sight and you forget about who God is. We forget that he's in control. And, and, you know, in those moments, we lack peace. We can go into anxiety. We can even go into a place of depression. And it's in those moments we've got to let that, when we're in that place, a place of fear, a place of anxiety, a place of depression, we just would go, whoa, hold on. I've lost sight of my father. I've lost sight of Jesus. I need to go and be with Jesus. I need to be with my father. I need to spend time in, in the Bible, in the scriptures. I need to spend time in prayer. I need to spend time in worship. Just allow him to fill me up again. I, I need to remember who God is. Because when I know who God is, when I, my, when I abound in my knowledge or through my knowledge of God, I will abound in grace and peace. You know, Psalm 23 has been, uh, is a really important psalm for me at the moment. It's something God's led me into. And it begins with this amazing few lines. And it talks about the fact that the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. So again, remember, a shepherd is leading the sheep. The shepherd is in charge of making sure the sheep have food, the sheep have rest, the sheep are protected. That's the role of the shepherd. The shepherd is there to protect the sheep. So if we're the sheep and God is the shepherd, this psalm is declaring that as we follow God, as we allow him to be in charge of our lives, as we follow his leading, as he's our shepherd, we lack nothing because he's a good shepherd. Then it says that, that he uh, makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside quiet waters. He refreshes our souls. So not only do we lack nothing, but we actually got leads us in green pastures. Pastures as a sheep, they would feed in that pasture. They'd lie down. They'd find rest in that pasture. And that they also, you know, leading beside quiet waters. Again, we can get this picture of stillness, but also the sheep need water. So there's a place for them to drink, to be refreshed. And for us, it's recognizing God's going to give us everything we need. And he will allow our souls to be refreshed. He'll lead us to a place where our souls are refreshed. Let's just pause for a moment. Is your soul feeling refreshed right now? If it's not, I want you just to pause and be quiet with God. Allow him to speak to you in this moment. Remember that he's not just your shepherd, but he's a good shepherd. That in him you lack nothing. 
So if, if you're feeling fear, anxiety, depression, lack, if your soul is not quiet, just go to him in this moment. Let him speak to you. Recite these lines of this psalm to him. Speak that truth over your life. Remember who God is. If you're watching live, you know, you can't press pause. If you're watching on video, you can press pause. But I'm going to move on. But pause as long as you need to. I'm going to go down to 2 Peter verse 3. Because this backs up uh, again, or it just coincides. Of course it coincides with Psalm 23 because it's all talking about God. It's all talking about our Father in heaven, Jesus our Lord, the Holy Spirit. It says here in verse 3 of 2 Peter uh, chapter 1 that his divine nature, or sorry, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So the power of God has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Now, this thing of knowledge is really important. You'll see it throughout this uh, uh, Second Peter. And it's because Second Peter was written by Peter to address the issue of Gnostic teachers that had come in, false teachers that had come into this, the church. And those false teachers were saying that people needed a secret knowledge, that if they had this special secret knowledge, then they were really right with God. And, but in actual fact, they were, they were just teaching false doctrine. They were, you know, they, were not, they were not teaching truth. They were not teaching the gospel. They were actually teaching something that was very different from the gospel. And it's, it's really important that we have a real understanding because the gospel is simple. The knowledge of God is actually not complicated. The more we know God, the more simple it becomes. Things are very complicated when we don't know God. We're blown here and there by every wind of teaching. And, and we can follow all kinds of you know, unfortunate teachings that just bring confusion into our life. But the more we know God, the more we know Jesus our Lord, the more the Holy Spirit's working in our lives, we understand this absolute simplicity of the gospel. And, the, and just the, the simple message that's given over and over and over, which is trust God. You know, Take on his character. Allow his power to work through you. Be the salt and the light, you know, uh, be to the to the earth because uh, of what Jesus has done for you, you know. But from the Old Testament through to New Testament, we're told we can trust God if we would just trust God and follow His ways. Then everything will go right with us. If we will just trust God and follow His ways, everything will go well with us. So it tells us again. His divine power, so God's power, it's not our power, it's not our effort, it's not our work. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our correct our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Again, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, it says in scripture. Right here, it's saying that it's through his glory and his goodness. It's not through him being harsh with us. It's not through his harsh discipline of us. It's not through his um, anger towards us that we're called. We're called by his glory and goodness. Then says in verse four that through these, He's given us 
his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. There's again some really key things for us as a church. Because it tells us that it says through these, well, what are those, what are these? Through his divine power, through our knowledge of him, through God's glory and goodness, he's given us his very great and precious promises. So that through them, through these great and precious promises, we may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now, if you look, go and look at John 17, Jesus prays that we would be one with God just as he is one. That we would be, we would be in him as he is in the Father. So there's, there's something supernatural that is here of going, hey, we're to participate, we're to be one with God. Not that we become God, but you know we have the Holy Spirit that comes and dwells within us. That we have an intimate connection with God that was only made possible through Jesus' death and resurrection at the cross. That we walk intimately with him. He is in us and we are in him. So there's this, but the, the truth that's so important. It's also absolutely important to understand that as he is in him, that divine power gives us what we need to live a godly life. So our character is transformed. You know, we learn to live and be like Jesus in everything we do. And we do this through what God gives us, through his divine power, we do these things. We've got to participate in it. We've got to surrender to it. We've got to allow it to work in our lives. We need to resist the temptation. We need, you know, but God gives us the strength to resist temptation. God gives us what we need. We can call on him. We can call on that strength. We can call on that ability, you know, as we need it. As we are, as we are, you know, trying to as we're trying to allow God to transform our characters, it's not by our effort; it's by our participation. It's as going, I can't do this myself. As we're trying to find a place to meet, as we're moving forward as a community, we go, we can't do this ourselves. But God, by Your power, by Your glory, by Your goodness, by our knowledge of You, we know that You have a place for us to meet. Think about whatever problems that are going on in your life right now, things that might be creating anxiety or fear or depression in your life, and go, oh Lord, by your power, by my knowing you, through your glory and goodness, you're going to provide me a way through. Now, you know, as we go on this journey, there, there may be things that are, you know, of, that are of our own flesh, our own will, that God says, actually, that's you. That's not me. You need to lay that down. This isn't going to look the way you want it to look. It needs to look the way I want it to look. And we've got to be okay with that. We've got to be able to lay down our ways so that we'll follow God's ways. But as we will do that, then it would be amazing that what God's able to produce God's ways are ways of peace. They will produce peace in our life. If things that are going on are creating anxiety and stress, they're probably not, we're probably not doing what God is wanting us to do. So when we're in that place, we've got to stop, say, hold on. What's going on? Step back and come under the leadership of our good shepherd. Come under the leadership of our Lord and King and go, God, I want to do things your way. You show me the way. You show me the way forward. It's, it's this beautiful, amazing journey. 
When you read on from verse 5 to 11, it, it talks about the fact that it says, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. And it starts listing these different things. And this is our part, right? It says, make every effort. When we talk about the fact that God is doing these things, it doesn't mean that we don't participate. We do have to participate. We do have to put effort in. You know, we do need to pursue the things of God. We've got to say these things are important to us. We can't, we don't just go, oh, okay, I'm going to live my life any way that I want to. And if God wants me to change, he's going to supernaturally change me. But what we do is we put our effort in, you know, which is our own extremely limited human effort. And God comes with his divine power and backs that up so that we are able, as we participate with him, to do things that we never thought would be possible for us to do, to overcome things that we never thought would be possible for us to overcome and, and it's amazing we begin to live the character of God we begin to live the holy and righteous life that we're meant to the supernatural life to see the signs and wonders and miracles that we're meant to to hear from God and allow him to speak to us and 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 be able to speak the prophecies that God wants us to be able to do all the things that God says that we can do and should do he gives us the ability to do but they all come in a package, which starts off with God's leadership over our lives. Him being our good shepherd. It's, it's absolutely amazing, you know, what God's doing. I want to encourage, please pray for us as leaders in this time. You know, pray for Lee and I, pray for the eldership team, pray for a life group leaders. Because we really, we have this entrusted responsibility. We all have the good shepherd, Jesus, over us. The church belongs to Jesus and we're allowing, you know, we want to follow him wholeheartedly. And as leaders, he's entrusted us with leading you. And so there's many scriptures that talk about the fact of the importance of following your leaders, of submitting to their authority. And that's, it tells leaders that, hey, we have to take that role seriously. And so as God's entrusted us to follow him and lead you through the season, please pray for us, make the job easy for us. And it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's really important, you know, this thing, because God is a God of order. He's a God of systems. He's a God, he's not, it's not about everyone doing their own thing, but it's actually about us submitting to the leaders that God's given us and following them, you know? And, and there's a reason that he's put them, he's put us here in the flesh over the church to also help to be the under shepherds that help shepherd the church forward in this season, pointing everyone to Jesus. And, and just bringing God's protection, his boundaries, his ways, his order into the life of your life and into the life of the church. And so pray for us as we move forward. Again, such an exciting season. Uh, there's going to be some amazing things that happen. And it's an amazing journey that we all get to be on together. So I just want to pray for you as, as the person entrusted by God to, to lead this community. Lord, I pray for everyone that's watching this video today. I pray for everyone that's made life house their home. You are the good shepherd, Lord Jesus. I want to follow you wholeheartedly. I want to be submitted to you. I want to lead this community in a way that is honoring to you. And I pray for all those that are under my care and the care of the other elders here at Lifehouse that you've put in place. I pray, Lord, for their blessing. I pray for their protection. I pray for their prosperity. I pray grace and peace over their lives so they would receive that in abundance and they would grow in their knowledge of you. They would grow in intimacy with you, Lord. They would grow in intimacy with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. 
and they would really grow in their understanding and their knowledge of Scripture. That they would, and through that, through Scripture, they would be pointed to you. That they would obey you. They would obey your words, your written words to them, the words you speak to them. And that they would, but they would walk in, we'd all walk in a place of, of trust. Trusting God, trusting the leaders that he's put over our lives, trusting the government leaders that he's put over us. While they may not be followers of God, he said that we've got to submit to government authorities as well. And we want to, we want to honor God with every aspect of our lives. Well, have a great week this week. Looking forward to seeing every people in person next weekend. And uh, just have, have an amazing rest of your Sunday. Thanks so much, James, for that encouraging message. It's been lovely connecting online today. We love you all and miss being with you. Remember, this Saturday is our Lifehouse Picnic on the Lawn at Red Hill Church. See you 12 on Saturday. We also look forward to seeing you back here online. We love you, church. Have a blessed week, everyone.